we're going to talk about leads, what I've learned in this journey and trying to get leads and business into gyms, why it's important to build a relationship, and why you ultimately want to build a spider web of lead generation systems that you have built that are not just on social, but you have business development, you have local marketing techniques you're doing with like other people who are influencers in your community, you have strategic partnerships, corporate relations, and then we have our actual Facebook lead systems and stuff like that. A lot of it seems mysterious and a lot of it seems crazy because all the marketing people want to say that they're laser targeting or they're doing this. And, but the problem with some things like Facebook are if someone says, oh yeah, we can get you high quality leads, we'll just do income targeting. And just because you put that someone makes 70K a year up to 500K a year doesn't mean they're a quality lead. They still don't care about you. They just make more money. And just because people make a lot of money doesn't necessarily mean that they're in a position to want to purchase your services. So when we go into the spider web of business is what I talk about, you never want to put yourself in a position to where you depend on one thing. Because if you talk about the guys who are running challenges, like take uh, the first one that came out, the first iteration, people ran it dozens of times and it stopped working after a while. So then if that becomes your main source of leads and it stops working, now you're in a position where you're in trouble because now you have to figure out how to do it all over again. So we're gonna go over how to do a sort of spider web system. I'm gonna talk to you guys about the long-term game and what we've really learned to build out for a bunch of people. We built this out with Mad Lab School. We built this out with Stone Age Fuel. We built this out with about several other dozen gyms and it's about the experience that you give people behind your brand. The experience is what makes them want to purchase things and it's them imagining themselves in this position or this situation and they, they can't live without what you have. And it's the reason someone goes in and buys a coach purse on a credit card. I'm like, I can't afford that, but I'm going to look really cool with my coach purse, even if it's a dude walking around with it. Like, why does he have a coach purse? Because I'm cool. So the first thing though you, you need to do is before you start anything and before you begin analyzing or marketing or doing any of this stuff, we need to organize our life into, or our business into phases of strategic planning. So number one is discovery. So what am I going to do? What are the potential pitfalls? What are the potential things that could go right? What are the in-betweens and what are the variables we have here? And once you go through discovery phase, then we say, okay, is this a good idea? Yes or no? If it's yes, cool, go into planning phase. If no, back into discovery phase and reevaluate till you figure out something that's going to work. Planning phase is, okay, now we're going to do this. Now we need to plan this. Is this a long-term timeline we need to plan? Is this a content strategy over 12 months? Okay, every month needs to be mapped out, planned, and organized. And then every quarter, we reanalyze and make sure we're still going in the right direction. Then after planning, and you're going into your execution phase. So this is when you're actually doing it, you're actually part of it, and you're actually hitting the ground running. This is when you're too legit to quit. And once we finish the execution phase, we're going to the analysis phase, which is when we look back and say, okay, was our planning okay? Did our execution go right? What was our feedback? Did we get a lot of good feedback? Did we get poor feedback? What happened? How can we improve and how can we make it better next time? So then you take your analysis phase and you push that right back into your discovery phase. Did, do we want to do this again? Did it make sense? Yes. What did we change? Okay, let's move forward in the next piece. So the first thing too, before we start talking about the, the ads and all the social media stuff and the biz dev is you need to make sure your sales pipeline is in order. So Tom was talking about, mentioned earlier about no-shows. He doesn't have any because he has a really good system of texting people and following up and making sure he's on their mind. A lot of people don't have this organized and we have to look into the, the economy of the way people work, move and operate in the current age and that's texting. People will look at a text message, they'll respond to a text message, 
but you have to call them 19 times to get a hold of them because they're busy, people don't answer random phone numbers, they're already getting business. If you're, as a business owner, how many Google listing calls do you get a day to your business? Like, hey, my name's blah, 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 and I wanna get you on the front page of Google. And you're like, okay, man, you're the 30th person who's called me about this today. So we, people don't answer phone calls, it's spammed out. Eventually we'll ruin text messaging too, but right now it, it's really effective. So it's someone, you get a lead in, so you need to text them immediately. Hey, cool, thanks for contacting us, jump on my schedule. As Soon as they, you send that one, and if they jump on your schedule, you send them another one to respond and say, okay, you're confirmed, cool, let's bring you in. Send another text the day before, send a text the day of, and make them actually interact with you. Like reply with a C to confirm because they actually had to act, go in there and reply with the C to say that they're gonna be at your appointment. So we need that kind of stuff. Throw in the interaction, throw in the ability to at least get them engaged. Because the problem we see with no-shows, especially in the, the challenge stuff is it's too easy to go through the flow. We've made it so easy and effortless for the prospect that they go Facebook ad, landing page, fill out their info, fill out their other info scheduled and they don't see a human. They don't interact with the human. So they don't see the person that they're not showing up to the business for. And so that becomes a big problem. If it's too easy, the prospects don't care. So if you're getting a lot of no-shows, we need to put them in a position to where they have to work a little bit. So you give them a longer form, you make them do a phone consult before they come in. All of these things that we can put in the actual timeline in order to make this work effectively. So you, your first step, and Tom talked really a lot, really well about this earlier, is referrals. So every one of your members could probably generate two to five referrals for you. And you just always need to be listening and always be at least asking. And I really liked what Tom said about, hey, you've got a friend who wants to work with us, just put us in a group chat and I'll take care of the rest. That's easy. They can sit there, they can put you in the group chat, introduce you, then you can take over the reins and follow up and make things happen from there. So every new person within their first 30 days is so incredibly enthusiastic and excited about what you're doing, that's the point to where we should ask them. When they say, hey, oh man, I accomplished this, I lost this much weight, you've changed my life, cool, that's amazing, I'm really pumped that we're working together and you're doing so well. With that in mind, do you have anybody you think that could benefit from what we're doing? So we should all, it's like that sales conversation, always be closing, but this is more always be asking and always be listening for that opportunity. And it's, you give a lot, and when they tell you what you've given them is really effective and works really well and they're happy about it, that's when you ask them for something. So the relationship, this is when we start talking about the relationship marketing experience that we do in Out of the Cave and, and we've built this out a bunch of times and this is, we're warming our prospects up. So people say, I want high quality leads and we have to look at them and say, okay, if you want high quality leads, we need to warm them up and educate them about what we're doing, why we do it and we need to do it in a way that's entertaining enough for them to care about us. Because if you guys look at the way you interact on Facebook, you're, you're sitting here like this, just mindlessly scrolling up and down, and then you're, you see a cat video, and you're like, ooh, I'll watch that. So you need to do something like that. It's cat videos, it's cool stuff that makes you stop and be like, oh, that was really interesting or fun. And the way we do this in our gyms is we listen to what our members want and our prospects want. So they want to be motivated, they want to be educated, and they want to, make, and they want to be funny, they want to laugh. They want to tag their friends in the post about Taco Tuesday or something like that. And I mean, there was a post the other day that I shared on our gyms thing that said, what do we want, what are we? And it said, we're too fat. And then it said, what do we want to lose weight? And then it says, let's start Monday. And then the thing say, today is Monday. And then it says, okay, next Monday. So we need to share stuff like that that's funny. And then we need to share the motivational stuff because people's lives 
generally are pretty stressful and sometimes they just suck. Like you have a kid and Johnny doesn't want to put his pants on for school. So you're, you're struggling to get Johnny out the door and then Johnny's late because he wouldn't put his pants on. Then you go to work, you get a call because Johnny's sick. Now you have to go back and pick Johnny up, go back to work. And then finally you make it to the gym or if you don't make it to the gym, you're just so stressed out, you don't do anything. We need to get them out of that mindset and see what we're doing as the pinnacle to being happy. And it's the product of kindness priming. So it's getting people to smile before they walk in and before they even know what you're doing in order to get them excited about what you're doing and expect that kindness and that happiness from your brand. That's when people go on social Exactly. It's, it's to get away. And so when we think about it, our content and what we do in, with Out of the Cave is we take everyone in a room, we set them in a circle, and we interview all the coaches and all the owners. And we ask them, what's your biggest strength? And they tell us. And then we ask all the other mem coaches, okay, what do you think his biggest strength is? And then we ask them, okay, so if you were going to teach a workshop, you got off a plane, we were gonna teach, you, you were going to teach anything you want, but you had no prep time, you just got to do this off the top of your head, what would you teach? And so we get that out of them. Then we ask everybody in the room, what do you think they should teach? And then we take this and we organize their strengths, their personality type that we asked them about, and the workshop question, and take everything that everybody else learned about, and we teach them how to leverage their strengths and use content that they're going to be specifically capable of talking about. So when you look at what we did with Mad Lab School, we took everybody and organized them into sections and pieces that they were doing, and they were all exciting. Like Tom has a fun piece if you watch him on Mad Lab School. And they all talk about what they're specifically good at and passionate about. And like he was talking about with your specialty programs, building your strengths up. And this is learning to leverage your strengths. So maybe you have someone who everybody says is the motivational person. So, all right, you're going to do an inspirational piece once a week. Then you have someone, okay, this, this one's really good at nutrition. Okay, so it's your job to understand from the prospect's mindset, how can we teach them to eat healthy? Because healthy eating is the biggest thing on their mind usually. So we have to take it back to a third grade level. Now, what can I teach them that they can, that can impact them immediately? Oh, okay, here's five tips to eating healthy while on the go. Here's five tips on how to read a menu at a restaurant. Here's five tips to eat healthy in a simplistic way. And think about simple and basic, that's what we need. They don't need to understand the nuclear particle physics behind why the nuclear fusion of nutritional molecules compound each other and go into oblivion. Because that's when their eyes glaze over and they're like, all right, you guys are out of control, I don't care anymore. And, and like I said earlier, we, we, we want to leverage our strengths. So your strengths need to be what you talk about in this content. So all of your content needs to be your strength. And remember, the prospect paying attention doesn't care about the kipping pull-up or the inverted underground butterfly kip swing or whatever we teach. All they care about is how their lives can be better and how their pains can go away. So I want you to fix my shoulder pain. I want you to fix my low back pain. I want tips to fix my, my bum knee that's not working right. I want tips to fix that ankle that I keep rolling. I want tips to eat healthy on the go. I want these tips that are going to impact me immediately and give me something that I can do to make me better. Because when you guys put out content, you're the guide and the prospect is the hero of their story. And so you need to make sure that they understand that you're there to guide them and help them get in the right direction so that way they understand that they're the hero and they want to be the hero. Then once you put out this content, you can put out, does everybody in here have two or more staff or anything like that? Raise your hand if you do. Yeah, so if it's just you, then you say, okay, these are my strengths. These are the pieces I'm going to put out and then I'm going to use my members to leverage the rest. For the guys who do have, con who have more coaches, okay, you guys, ha each coach has a one piece a week they have to produce. And as a coach for life, this is you building your brand and building the brand of the business in order to get people to care about what you're doing and want to be part of this experience. So each one of you has one segment. Like Garth's team, they have one segment. They all do. And he loves it. It's exciting.
so excited. Look at him. He's happy. <laughs> uh, so you take that. You say, okay, uh, we have three coaches. They each have a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday segment. Thursday is a client success story. And then Friday is some sort of so social proof or a conversational piece. And that's how we leverage it. You use your coaches and then you use your clients to build the content that they want to see and hear. Because it's the educational, motivational, inspirational stuff. And then it's the, oh, that's just like me. Oh, I saw Susan on the video the other day and she was talking about how you got over my, my MS and you fixed my bum knee and my shoulder's better now all because I started going to this place. And so people watch that and they say, wow, that's me. I thought if I would go in there, they'd make me do a triple inverted kipping backflip and I'd die. But it looks like regular people go in there. So when you inter interview your team, has any, we've done this with Garth, right? And I mean, we've done it with Heath, but he's a team of one. <laughs> so what, what you do is you just sit in a circle, just like this, get everybody together. And you say, okay, like I talked about earlier, what's your strength? What is your personality type? We're speed dating. Tell me about yourself in 30 seconds or less. And they're like, oh gosh, we just met. I'm like, I know we're speed dating. You have 23 seconds. And so then they talk about it. And then everybody else in the room has to talk about it with them as well. And this, this is, does two things. It gets you the content you can build. And you can create creative pieces around this based on what their responses are. And then it gives you the opportunity to have a huge team building experience. And it's it really cool to have your whole team talk about how awesome you are and have you talk about how awesome they are. Unless you guys hate each other, then it's a terrible experience. So when we start learning how to build the experience, so the content is the first piece. The content is how we warm them up to drive high quality leads into our business. Without the content, all we have is the challenge type leads who come in, don't care, don't show, or just are there to flop around for 20 minutes and then leave. But if we want people who really care about what we're doing, we use the content to warm them up and get them excited about what we're doing, then we go for the experience, which showcases what's gonna happen and helps them imagine where they could be with our product, and that's your direct call to action. So it's warm them up and then directly ask them to be part of your service. So when we look at building the experience, you need to write down everything you offer. So everybody in here has some sort of fundamentals program and a group experience. So you take them and you combine them into one experience. This whole thing is a package they can buy. So at Stone Age Fuel, we call it the fluff to tough experience because it sounds cool. Fluff to tough. Everybody wants to go from fluff to tough. At MadLab, we built, we're building out the MadLab experience right now. And we've gone through a few iterations of content and ways to write it, which has been really neat because it gets the team involved in working towards it and talking about it. So you say, okay, what do we want to call this experience? What is my brand name? Whatever it is. Eagle Fitness Experience or whatever you decide, but it needs to be the experience that encompasses everything. Then we write down everything we do in bullet points. Okay, so what do you offer? Do you offer nutritional analysis, body fat measurements, mobility assessments, workouts, technique, everything. Leave no stone unturned because when we turn this into a crafted offer, it's going to be something that makes people recognize and realize that they do need that after they've seen everything you put out. Then what we need to write down in addition to that is what where are they going to be at the end of this? They don't care what's going to happen in the middle. They could care less about anything you do inside your gym. They just want to know how it's going to benefit them in the end and how awesome they're going to feel. So that's what we need at the end. So you put imagine and then bullet points. What do they get at the end? They get a, a body transformation. They get finally eat healthy again, keep up with their kids, live that great life you've always wanted, live till you're 100. Whatever you want to put in there that they're going to get at the end of the experience needs to be mapped out because that's the most powerful segment. Getting people to imagine where they could be is the most powerful and impactful thing you can do in your marketing because that puts them in the position to where they, like they buy the Chanel purse because they can imagine the status they get out of it. 
you can do the same thing with your with what you're doing. They can imagine how high level and how amazing they're gonna be at the end of it. And if you really get them in that mentality, it becomes less about price and more about how they can get involved quickly. So when we look at creating copy for the ads, there's two ways to go about this. There's building the experience copy that we're gonna go over right now, and then there's storytelling. Storytelling is one of the more powerful things you can do, especially when we're selling a high value service. If you tell the story of someone succeeding, someone winning, or someone being incredibly happy, or you have their story on video, that's the most impactful thing you can use because people can read that, watch that, and say, wow, that's me. Then when you go to advertise that on Facebook, you can say, okay, Sally Joe was on this video. She's a mom, three kids. She's a middle income earner. She works here. You do those specific targeting parameters on Facebook. And now you have something that's going to speak directly to those prospects that you want to bring in. So then take the exercise of identifying who your ideal client is. Who am I speaking to? Who do I want to come in my gym? And how can I segment them in a way to where I get them all on video or all their storytelling pieces put together? So when we create the ad copy, this is for the experience. We'll go over storytelling in a second. If you just want to build an ad copy around your experience to showcase how cool it is, this is the, this is the step-by-step guide we do at Out of the Cave Media to really build this for people. So you say, number one, what's the problem? What's wrong with them? Okay, can't lose weight. I hate my life. Can't keep up with my kids. I have arthritis. I have MS. I have all these problems and issues. What is the sp specific problem we're trying to solve? Because that's what's going to get them to stop scrolling. Like, oh, I do have those problems. I do hate my life. I can't move. I can't walk. My knees hurt. Everything hurts. So you, you take the question one, you write down two words. What's the problem? Only two. We're trying not to get super wordy here. You get two words. Then we go, okay, who are you? So we got the problem down. All right, we are welcome to the Mad Lab experience or whatever we call it. That's who you are. So now you're identifying yourself. So they have that brand identity and association from the videos you've been putting out. Then number three, okay, what do you have for them? We have the ability to change your life, keep up with your kids, fix everything that could ever possibly go wrong with you, be happy, be whole again. These are the things that we're going to solve for them. These are the imagination questions. So now we're going to start identifying that. You get two words. Uh, number four, so what do they get from it? Now this is where you say, okay, you're going to get blah, blah, blah. You get nutritional analysis, body composition, or you can get them to imagine more. So what do they get from it? They get to finally live healthy again, to finally be happy, to be free, to be more confident, to not hate themselves, to walk into a room and feel like people aren't judging them. These are the things that we need to use and we need to get in their mindset. So if it's, it's Sally Joe, the mom of three, she's probably walking into a room and not so confident that people aren't judging her. It's why she doesn't want to go to a global gym or why she paid 10 bucks and never went back. So these are the things that we need to understand because we have to identify the problems that we're going to specifically talk about. And then what do they need to do next? There's this funny thing with people. You have to tell them to do something or they're not going to do it. If you don't specifically tell them to do it, they won't, they won't even think about it. They'll just continue mindlessly scrolling or whatever they're going about their day. So at the bottom is sign up, click sign up down below and let's get this party started or sign up down below and we'll get in contact with you ASAP or anything. We just need to tell them what they need to do and it's usually click that button or whatever it is. If it's messenger, comment 2018 below and we'll send you more info. Just tell them what to do or they won't do it. If we, we have to be directly associated with telling them things. If you don't tell them, it's not going to happen. So storytelling. These stories are amazing. They captivate your mind. They captivate your, your heart, your body, your soul, and they get you reading. We all want to read stories and we want to be taken aback. and We really want to be involved in these stories because we can associate those stories with either us or it's entertaining for us to read. So when we build ads for storytelling, we have another process that we use at Out of the Cave. It's a five-step process. So here's how we build and create storytelling ads. 
These ads are associated with getting people to read and be like, wow, that's me, or wow, that's really powerful, or wow, they did, they did an amazing job with that, that's super amazing. I think I can go see them, they're not that crazy. I'm not gonna have to do a triple inverted backflip, kipping, double under, pull up to walk in there. Those crazy things they do on the rings, that's not part of what they do, maybe eventually, but right now I can just go in there and be healthy and happy again. So number one, this is what we do, we do two things with this. What I do when I'm interviewing clients and getting them to do stories is I take these six questions and I tape it under the camera. And so when they're looking at the camera or they're at an angle on the camera, they're reading the questions, but it looks like they're just telling it from their own point of view and their own voice. Because we don't want to be in camera with them. Because if someone sees you in there, it almost looks like you coerced them into talking. It sounds like you're leading the question. But if it's just them talking about it and telling their story, that's the most powerful piece because other people can identify with that. So number one in the storytelling ads, how did they feel when they were looking for a solution? What was wrong with them? Why were they looking? What were they Googling you for? What were they Googling fitness for? What was going on? They were fed up with going to the $10 a month gym and just stopped going. So now they wanted, they, and maybe they tried a six week boot camp and they had some success, but then they gained all that weight back. And then finally they got so fed up, they were looking for that one person or that one solution that was going to solve the problem. So then what did, what did it feel like when they found you? So they went to your website. What did that feel like? Okay, I went to their website. I clicked the intro and I talked to this coach. They seemed really nice, but I was super scared. I didn't know what I was gonna do. I walked in the door shaky and I was sweating. And then when I talked to these guys, they really understood me. They, they sat down with me. They gave me this really cool experience. They didn't try to sell hard to me. And I felt like they were in my corner. And I felt like it was the first time someone wasn't trying to sell things to me. And so then after this is, how do they feel now and what's changed along the way? So now it's, well, as soon as I hit that first day, I started doing these one-on-one -on -one sessions and they worked on fixing my broken shoulder that I, that I hurt a bunch of times. They fixed my knee. They got me eating healthy. They looked at my nutrition every day and we went over it together. I failed a couple of times, but they told me it was okay because we were going to do this and work through it together and failure is a part of the process. And ultimately, I feel like I gained a friend and I gained someone who was really in my corner. And then did their friends and family notice the transformation? So now it's, and then I started going home and my husband told me I, I had a rocking bod. My kids started telling me I could keep up with them. When I was chasing them, I wasn't out of breath and laying on the floor after two steps. This thing literally changed my life and what I'm doing. And so why do, then why do they stick around? So then, and the reason I stick around is because now I have this coach for life who's in my corner, who cares about me, who talks to me, who texts me when I don't show up to the gym. When I walk in and my life's a mess, they're the person that I can talk to first. And this person's really become that one person who manages my health. And then finally, what's their favorite memory? This is the fun part, because now they say, okay, my favorite memory is this one time, and it's usually something really funny that happened in the gym, or it's a really impactful, profound memory. Like, my favorite memory is that, and I had a person say this one time, was my favorite memory was when I started eating, it didn't hurt anymore. And I could actually eat and be happy again and not dread the sight of food because I knew it was gonna give me stomach pains and problems. So these are the things we need to get out of them. And, then you take this and you write it all down from the third person. So Janie came in, she wasn't confident, she wasn't ready to do this, but then she finally got fed up with challenges who, where she gained her weight back. And so then she filled out our form. She walked in the gym, she was shaking, but she did it anyway, met the coach. And so you, you write this whole thing down from a third person story. And if you think about this, if you read this going through Facebook, that pulls you in and that captivates you and that gets you excited. And that's, oh man, that's amazing. That's a story that, that's not a challenge ad. That's not something that's just short-term promising me results. It's something that showcases someone who had a profound impact, or we had a profound impact on their life. So you take your best clients, 
in these specific demographics. So take Sally Joe mom, take Frank the worker man, take all these guys and, and identify who they are and what their specific demographics are. And then from that, we can create storytelling ads and storytelling pieces around all these specific people. And your, your best clients will be pumped about doing the interview. They're like, yeah, I'll jump on video for you. They're usually a little bit worried and scared. And you give them those six questions, tape it under the camera, and they talk about their whole story. Then you transcribe that story. You have the video, and then you write the story from a third person. And you have a really neat thing that you've built for these people. So then when we, the, the next piece is we, building landing pages is kind of an important thing because you need to figure out, okay, where am I going to send these people when they click on an ad or when they go to something? Or, or what do I even do? So think about landing pages, they have to be super simple. So you have to call out your market. So, Sally, so moms in this area, are you guys suffering with low back pain? Are you not confident? Stuff like that. If it's a storytelling ad, you can follow the same process and tell the story on a long landing page or tell several stories on a long landing page. And then usually what I'll do, is I'll, I'll say, okay, who is this for? Because they need to know and identify, is this for me? And it needs to be congruent with that ad. So if you had the storytelling ad, you go back over here. Be like Sally. Experience a full transformation. Change your life. Live life to the fullest. Be happy again. Then, okay, now we have a, a prop. There's usually, there's two options here. A value prop video, which is you talking about it. But what's even more powerful is a mashup of success stories. So you take all the client success stories you've ever built, and you do a mashup where it's little 30-second or 5-second clips of each person. Changed my life. Fixed my knee. Shoulders are healthy again. It doesn't hurt when I eat now. These are all profound, impactful pieces that we can put together to just smash power words all at once. And people see that, and they're really affected by the change that these other people saw. And then underneath that, we need to showcase the dream. So what do they get out of it? Where, are they, where can they imagine themselves being at the end? So you want to be like Sally, this is what she did. Imagine where you could be if you did something like this. And so then we analyze and outline exactly what, where they're going to be at the end with our little bullet points. And then people want to see social proof. So you so show more success stories. So how many people were impacted and had a good experience from you guys? And then social proof. So how many people actually cared enough to write something about you? So you take your Facebook reviews and stuff like that and write it on here. And then you, you, want a little, you want a button or you need to tell them what to do in each section because people will not do it unless you tell them what to do. They'll read the whole thing and if there's no call to action button or nothing that says click here to get started, they're, not gonna, they're just going to click away and leave. So it needs to be, let's get started today, click the button below. And then the button can send them to a scheduling page that I think in, in our, and what we do, I think if you send them to a phone consult first or some way to get human interaction, it increases your show up rate. And if you've already done the relationship building piece beforehand, it increases your show up rate. So get them, get them scheduled in so they're at least committed and then get them on the phone and then confirm and then get them in your business. So local biz dev, we've talked about how to build these things on social a lot, but what do we do outside of social to build our brand and to build our business into a position to where everybody in our intended market knows who we are and knows what they need to do to send people to us. And so you can go out and you can join like BNI groups and stuff like that, which they're, they're hit or miss. They're either like a real estate racket where everybody's just a circular thing, just flooding people to them, or they're a great, a great one, but you can build your own. So how many people have coffee shops within like two miles of their business? Raise your hands. So we got a couple. And how many people have some business you could go in and talk to to establish a partnership? Raise your hands from near, anywhere near you. So what I like to do is I like to take 10 businesses a month and outline 
I do a discovery planning phase process. So who can we contact? What are we gonna do with them? How can we impact them and give them more value than we're asking for? And then how do we approach them? How do we sustain this long-term? And we need to recognize and understand that when you approach them and do these things, you're the leader. They're gonna depend on you to keep this going and moving forward. And this is the idea of giving them more than you expect back, which ultimately puts you in a leadership position in your local business community. And so what you need to do is you say, okay, there's a coffee shop. All right, I wanna just offer my members $10 a month and they get a couple of coffees from the shop or something. They can purchase things directly from me to go to the shop. Then at the shop, I give them a little card that offers something from us to come in and see us when they purchase their coffees. So now you have these things going back and forth with each other. What you, and you can even, I think this is not, this is probably against the rules in most coffee shops, but what you do is you, you get to know, you walk in there with the intent to not sell right off the bat. You walk in there and you get to know every single person behind the counter's name. You get to know the manager's names. You get to know the regulars who go in there. And a month or so into this, you'll get to the point to where they're like, what do you do? And you're like, oh, I have a gym across the street. Like, we well, you focus on fitness for life. We do this coach for life model. Then they're gonna be interested and genuinely want to talk to you about it, work with you about it. And so then you say, hey, maybe, what do you think about if, if I gave you like $30 a person that you sent over my way? And now you've got them, the person who's gonna see heavy traffic funneling people to you. And you don't have to give them money. You can. You can do whatever you want with them, but usually they need some sort of incentive. So you can try to give them cards at first. Usually they can't hand out cards and stuff at work. But if you can give them something when they get off or have some sort of agreement established with them, you have all these people hustling for you outside of your business. And ultimately, we want people hustling for us that aren't even in our business. So you have the coffee shop people hustling. You have the people in the bakery hustling for you. It's a lot easier if you actually have people who aren't in like corporate chains because the rules are a lot less stringent and they're, usually they're a lot more popular with the local people. So you guys have an idea of people you can actually do this with in your communities? Raise your hand if you have something you could probably do. So if you don't and you can't think of anything, do the discovery, so write down 50 businesses. And what can I do with this one? What can I do with this one? What can we establish together? And it's, it's nerve wracking to walk in there and be like, hey, I want something from you. So you build that relationship first. Get to, if once you know all their names and they know your name and they, when they ask about what you do, that's when you got the end. And that's when you're gonna have the ability to establish that long-term relationship with them. So then if you do this for six months, say you have 10 businesses who you have a really good referral strategy going back and forth with and you guys are hustling and motoring along. Then you approach all these guys and you say, hey, what do you guys think about like a, a monthly or a bi-weekly meeting where we just sit down and talk back and forth and see who we can send each other to or how we can help each other? And then you've established your own BNI group. You've established your own networking group that you hand-selected from people specifically close to you. And that's how you become a leader in your business community. Now, corporate programs. So does anybody have any questions so far? I'm sure there's a million. Maybe we'll do questions at the end. Uh, so corporate programs. So that was a redundant question. <laughs> questions? Never mind. So corporate programs. Does anybody in here have a corporate program established with businesses? Usually if they have 10 employees or more, you can get something going. And so what you need to do is you need to lead with value like we always do. So look inside your membership first. What you're in. Because HR departments and all these guys are probably getting 50 emails a day about businesses who want to do something or spam emails. So you look inside your facility. So who do I have inside my business that owns a business or is a manager or in a position to where they can get me the in? So you identify those guys, put it into the phases of strategic planning and say, okay, I'm gonna to talk to every one of these guys and see what we can do. And all you do is you offer a presentation up front to, for healthy eating or you offer a presentation for fixing pains and ailments and problems. Because usually the, the corporate entities are more 
I'm more excited about not having people call in sick for work and having a happier workforce than they are about like a discount to come into your gym. They don't care as much about the discount. They care about a productive workforce. And if you can increase productivity and efficiency, they'll keep you forever and they'll want to work with you no matter what you do. So you walk in, you say, okay, I have this fluff to tough healthy eating workshop that we do. We're going to teach people how to maintain, how to eat while at a desk, how to eat while you're at a, at a desk job, how to main, fix that low back pain you get from sitting so much, how to fix your shoulder problems. And we're just going to try to help your workforce out and make you guys better. And so the, the next step is when you walk in, when you're done with that, you're going to offer, okay, let's do a, a corporate challenge. And this isn't like a, a six week challenge or anything like that. It's what if we do like a 21 day healthy eating challenge with, your, with all your employees? Let's get them in a Facebook group, let's get back and forth, let's get them talking, and let's get buy-in from these guys. And then maybe we go inside of the corporation and we do workouts three times a week or twice a week or whatever you decide. And usually what'll happen is if you have a, a solid entity and you've established a good relationship through your members first, they'll already have paid for this. So you have something that's already paid for and marketable up front that the corporation wants to invest in. And they'll usually try things once or twice before they decide you're not a good fit for it. The other thing I like to do during this is you get them into the challenge. It's 21 days, 30 days, whatever you want to do just to get your foot in the door is take measurements and analyze every single thing those people are doing. Ask them how their sleep was. Ask them all the questions you can and then turn that into data that you can showcase back and give it to the, to the managers and the HR department, all the people who are going to be involved in that decision. Because if they see numbers, they see happier people and they see people excited and actually seeing progress, they're going to be much more likely to continue forward with it and you're going to be a lot, it's like a lot easier to walk in with a case study and be like, hey, I've done this before. Let's do this with you guys. So it's a lot easier to get into more programs. Then at the end of the, what you want to do with this is you eventually want to get into a position to where you have either an on-site or an off-site program. On-site programs mean there's a lot of buy-in. They're usually going to heavily invest in this thing and it's going to become a secondary business because there's, there's so much involved in it. You're going to have all the people going back and forth. And so you really need to make sure you have the bandwidth to do stuff on-site before you commit to that because nobody wants to go in their gym and have to drive back and forth all day because you have things going all over the place. So if you don't have the bandwidth for that, then you offer them to come into your facility and you set up an agreement to where some of the corporate entities will actually pay for their employees to do the whole thing. Sometimes you have some sort of like half and half buy-in. Uh, the bigger ones usually pay for most of it or like 75%. So you, you organize that and then they start funneling people over to see you and then you have yourself in a position to where you have them funneling you leads or if you're on site, you have everybody doing that for a specified agreement per month. <laughs> So then, does anybody routinely call former clients and prospects? Perfect. So this is one of the biggest things every one of us could do every six months. Open up your clients who canceled, call every single one of them. As soon as you call them, text them. Like, hey, we miss you, what are you doing? We'd love to see you back, or, or whatever you decide to text them, send them something. And a lot of the time you pull in two, three, four, five, six of them, and they're just, you're just not on their mind. And then when you become on their mind, they're like, oh, I really miss that community and I really want to be part of that again. Thanks for contacting me. Then the other side is, okay, now I have prospects who came in and didn't sign up. And just because they didn't sign up that day doesn't mean they should be dead to you. They should be contacted again once every six months to say, hey, how you doing? I know it wasn't a good time back then, but maybe it is now. Check out Sally's transformation and come see us if you're ready. And if we are continuously in front of them, when they are looking for that solution and you are the one on their mind, they're gonna to go to you versus go to the guy down the street or anyone else. And the final thing I wanna talk about in this thing is hustle is the name of the game. If you're not ready to hustle, if you're not ready to work hard, you're not ready to go out and do this and hit the ground running every day, 
you're never going to succeed doing it. It's not easy. It's a, it's a game that requires a lot of work, a lot of commitment, requires emotionally understanding what people are thinking, how they're interacting, what they're saying. And if, if you can't set yourself up in a schedule to do this every day, it's not going to work out well. So what we do is we have a calendar and, okay, so 10 a.m. I have to make my content piece. 11 a.m. I have to call some prospects and contacts. 12 p.m. And so every hour is mapped out and scripted out on what I'm going to do every day. Because it doesn't work if we just be like, okay, I'm, this is what I think I'm going to do tomorrow. And you show up at the office and you just end up like this. Done. So what you need to do is make sure that your whole day is mapped out and everything you need to do is mapped out, scheduled out, and good to go. Because if it's in your calendar and you learn to live by that calendar, you'll actually do it. If you, if you say 10 a.m. is local biz dev and I'm going to go to five businesses, 10 a.m. is local biz dev. And so you go to five businesses. That's your hour to do that. So map out your entire day on what you need to do and make sure that you follow that calendar. Because if you don't, you'll never accomplish anything with it. So that's, that's everywhere you can follow my stuff. I, I put out a podcast and a blog, and I think there's 49 episodes of my podcast now. So you guys can learn a lot of this stuff from that. Uh, I'm mostly active on my Facebook page and my Instagram and my podcast. So all that stuff's available to get more. Uh, if you send me a message on my Facebook page, I'll usually respond the most quickly through anything. Or Instagram DM, I'm pretty quick on. Uh, you can also email me. My email is Chandler at Stone Age. Or Cam, just email me at Chandler at MadLabGroup.com. That's easier. Oh, now, questions. Questions. questions start now. The questions start now. I know last year, some of you and I talked briefly about different social platforms and what demographics are on each mm -hmm. platform primarily. Yeah. So, again, going back to my demographic of middle school and high school athletes primarily. Yeah. What would you say the best way to reach the guys? Snapchat? What's the age? Middle school, high school. So, so like 11, 12 to 18. 12 to 18. So I think your best demographics are going to be Twitter. It's going to be Instagram and probably Snapchat. Facebook's for old people. Instagram stories are for old people. Snapchat's for the, the young generation. And all these high school kids are on Twitter. If you have a youth program and you're not tweeting, like you can literally map out what high school kids are doing and watch like the demographics and the way they work on Twitter. Yeah, so Instagram, I would focus on either high quality photos with a story because the kid, yeah, like it may be a 300 character story, like what's in the picture and what makes it special. Write that story below and just really high quality pictures that capture what they're doing and then pictures that make the kids think, holy shit, I should do that. So like show what's the most popular thing. Show the success stories because kids will see that and then they'll beg their parents to take them in. Like, hey, I keep seeing this thing. They're training NFL players. That's where I want to be. I, I, I have to go there. And the thing that way kids work is the more they beg, the more likely it is the parents are going to give in. So one more question to that. So Facebook for old people, do I write my yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, so Facebook should be from the parent point of view, like we took this kid, we made him a high level athlete, went to college, got these scholarships, made it to the NFL. Those are the things the parents are going to be like, 
I need that for my son or I need that for my daughter. I really want them to succeed. And these are the things that are going to get them to where I want them to be. And then on Instagram, you, you compound that. So now it's from the kid's point of view. What's happening? How are, how, what are the wins on Instagram? What are the wins on Snapchat that the kids are seeing? Some of the other stuff we do on Snapchat is we just give the kid the phone and say, don't post like weird stuff. Don't, no nudity or crazy stuff. No, none, nothing bad. But you guys are responsible for the story today. And then the kids will go back and forth and congregate and do selfies and stuff. And so it becomes a really cool experience on Snap. Any other questions? That aren't on social? So if they're not on social, that's our local biz dev. We're going to all of our local coffee shops, bakeries, and all that stuff. We're planting all of our information there. We're getting to know every employee, getting the employees to know that they can refer to us. Then we're also going to like races and we're wearing our t-shirts and our members are there and we showcase how much fun we have and a lot of that. So if they're not on social and stuff like that, it's, it's really building that brand and building the awareness around the brand and making sure that you're basically in everything that they could possibly want to do. So if it's Sally Joe mom and she likes to run on the weekends, you're at moms on the run, you're at the breast cancer races, you're doing all these things that specifically cater to those same demographics. Yeah. Uh so email is significantly lower than it's ever been you're lucky to get like a 20 30 percent open rate and one to two percent click rates and you're probably crushing it but what we'll do is we'll take all the content that we compile throughout the week and we'll take that content and put it in a, what we call a content digest in a newsletter. So the content digest is here's everything you missed and it shows videos and blogs and all the stuff you shared and you train your members to wait for that. So then if they're not getting it on social, they get it on the digest and it's a lot more likely that they're going to click on and open it because it's things that pertain to their pains and problems. And I'm not talking about current members, I'm talking about... Yeah, and prospects. Prospects or... Mm -hmm. Yeah, every one of those guys should be filtered into a content digest. And so that's, that's perfect. So yeah, you, you want to keep getting in front of them as often as possible. And you can have a newsletter. I filter them to Facebook Messenger now. We do the same thing on Messenger with a subscriber list. So we have, so Messenger's amazing. So we're getting 90 to about 100% open rates. We're getting 30, 40, 50% click rates. And you build a subscriber list just like you do an email. And so we, we put out a five-part healthy eating series on Messenger and converted probably 110 people over to our Messenger list from that. And then 10% each week convert over from there. So Messenger is really, really important. It's a really popular tool right now, and you really captivate people and get them engaging. Is, is that a Facebook or Facebook or is that a position you have It's both. So it's, uh, you'll put the most popular thing that I think that works the best right now is a messenger post that, like, here's our five-part healthy eating series. Comment nutrition below, and we'll send you info via Facebook Messenger. So they comment nutrition, and it automatically messages them. Hey, cool, you want our info? Just comment nutrition. And they comment it, and they get a drip. It's like a drip campaign on Messenger. So that's probably what works the best. You have to get on a tool called ManyChat to do that. I think that's the best one. ManyChat. Yeah. It's like $10 a month for 500 subscribers. It'll take you a bit of time to get up to 500. So many chats the best thing to use for that, for messenger tools. It's not that hard. Building messenger is understanding the, work, the flow and the conversation a client is having. So it's, okay, do you, here's your five-part healthy eating guide. We know this is difficult. We know you're having problems. So you want, we'd, be, we'd love to talk to you. So you want to talk with a coach? Yes or no? Click yes. Cool. Is it okay if I grab your email address? Yes. Cool. 
do, can I grab your phone number? Great, what's a time, great time, uh, good time to call? And so we start fl filtering them through and we base our questions based off what we know they're gonna say. So it's a little flow chart. We're working on, he's working on that now. And so we'll probably be able to put some diagram at some point up to make Yeah, we'll share the flows. The, if you go to like the Stone Age Fuel Facebook page and just type nutrition, message it, it'll send you the flow. One last question. Um, on uh, like video production and stuff like that, is there any, is Mad Lab doing anything with that or do you like any external, like Monkey Reel or some other stuff that's specifically for fitness? Yeah. I like to keep the costs as low as possible because video production can like swallow your soul just because it gets so expensive. So what I like to do is we like to get people with a decent mic. We turn our phone sideways. So it's a uh, high HD is usually what happens when it's sideways. We put either a Rode Smart Lab Plus on someone if it's one person, which is a lapel mic like this, or we get a Rode Video Mic Me, which is like a shotgun that attaches to your phone and points at the person. And we usually just record that way. We put it in iMovie. We can add a bumper to the end. And if you want to get real high level, you can use some of those companies or you can get like a leveler that levels your phone while you walk through. Uh, one thing I really like to do with video is to organize scenes. So this first scene is, hey, welcome to the gym. And then you walk through, okay, follow me. And then we go into the next scene. Like, hey, here I am with my, I, we did one. I had a golden doodle in my arms. Like, hey, here's me and Stella, the golden doodle. She's the coolest thing in the gym. And then we walk in and this is RJ the intern. We don't like people with nipple pegs because we're all about non-judgment here, except for judging those with nipple tanks. And so stuff like, we make it funny, we do a walk through the whole facility, and it's, it looks high production, but it really was like someone walking with a little gimbal <laughs> following us, and I just wrote the scenes out myself. So you don't have to get super high level, you just have to get emotional. That's the big piece. Should fix people's problems, fix people's pains, fix their issues, and you're gonna have a winning campaign. You look at the videos like Dollar Shave Club, like our blades are fucking great. Did anyone ever see that video? It was like went viral. One of those popular videos ever. It cost a guy like four grand to make and market and blew his company up. And so it, it's not about the super high level production. It's about understanding the emotional characteristics of the people you're catering to and then making content around that. I hope that answers it. I wanted to add though to the newsletter thing that, that uh, what some people have been doing too is they find the chiropractor that really believes what they believe and is work that they work with. And that person probably has a contact list that's six, eight, ten thousand people long because they see a higher volume of clientele over the year, right? Because they're only seeing them for a short period of time. And then what you do is you partner with that person, then you find a nutrition or whatever, and you get three or four professionals to do a monthly newsletter. But everybody does their own piece of content, and you send it to all of each other's lists. And yeah. Then you get a lot more reach that way. And then you, 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 one of your coaches or one of, uh, one of you guys just you just write a little article, make a little video. That's done for the month, and, and then it goes out a few weeks later with the other people. That's so huge. You that's, can get, that's a huge way to do it. You can get those guys, guys together, too, and be like, hey, I got a chiropractor I go to every week. At, at our gym, we have an agreement with them where our members can pay to go see him, and there's a special rate and all that stuff. And so we'll go over there and do content with him. So like, hey, adjust this pregnant lady, and let's walk through it, and let's talk about why it's a beneficial thing and why it helps. Hey, let's do an adjustment. Let's talk about shoulder health today. So when you, you can partner with healthcare providers, and that's a good point JJ brought up, to do videos and content with them. So you have a PT, a physical therapist who comes to your gym, get them doing videos with you. You have a chiropractor, get them doing videos with you. Nutrition, anybody who's a healthcare provider that you can do videos and content with is a win because then you're gonna really solve pains and problems and you're gonna gain that social proof. Like, oh, they have doctors and physical therapists and chiros who care about what they do. They must be really good. Oh,
from the stock and breaking. 